The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. Well, if you have your Bible with you, and I hope you do, otherwise you can follow along on your smart device, um, iPad, phone, just just stay off Facebook for the next couple minutes. Well, over the last few weeks, we've looked at several challenges to churches, and this morning we look at, I would say, the most common situation that our churches face today, and um, I shared with you guys last week, we were having company and uh, this is my sister Amanda, Wyatt Weston, and Adley. And there's a few things, you know, I've been telling them over the phone over the last few months about Louisiana that doesn't communicate through a phone line. <clears throat> I was telling the boys how many lizards there were. We caught a lot, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were catching lizards till the wee hours of the morning. We were running out of things to put them in. And then I'd mentioned alligators, and we were heading off to the creek, and my sister was like, Y'all stop! Stop! Y'all stop! Don't go near the water! They're going to get you! Eric! So I showed the boys how to catch an alligator. Just kidding. Just kidding. But man, I want to. Anyway, so the other thing was heat and then them skeeters. We took them out to the dock for just a few moments, and all I could hear behind me was. <laughs> then they asked if we had any off. And then I said, yeah, you want some? Anyway, Revelation chapter 2. It's been a beautiful week. Yesterday evening, the breeze was just gorgeous. And i got to tell you, if this is the worst heat Louisiana can bring, I think we can handle it. Uh, but I don't want no more, okay? So, y'all, let's, let's, let's pray. But here's my, my fear. Just like he was mentioning with the rain, if I start praying for it to cool off, there's a season ahead that y'all got me scared to death of. We got ten jars of peanut butter in the refrigerator and a generator sitting out in the garage. And I don't, I don't know if I want it to cool or if I want to eat peanut butter for two months. I don't know which one's the best way to do that. Well, Revelations chapter 2, <clears throat> and before we, we, we start, we need to set this back up. Then in the first part of Revelation, he reminded who was writing. And again, with each of these letters, he refers back to that prelude. That, hey, this is the one, this is the one with the bronze feet who does not move from the truth. You can't justify your way into sin and me ever approve of it. He says, my eyes are the ones that are like fire, like lasers, who see to the truth, to the core of the matter. You can't deceive me, so don't waste my time nor your time. I also have hold the seven stars of the seven golden lampstands, and we discussed how the church is not the light or the lamp. The church is the lamp stand. Who is the lamp? Jesus Christ. So the, the light goes out regardless 
of whether or not we're doing our job, someone else or the rocks will. So we looked at some issues that existed in the churches. From the church looking like a good church, doing the right things, but honestly just kind of losing their first love. Losing the passion they had at first. And we compared that to marriage. We compared that to work. We compared that to the blessings in life. Then we get on to churches with bad theology. Churches with disunity. Churches with sexual immorality. Churches with idolatry. And today we deal, title of this morning's sermon is The Zombie Church. Now I need you to know there is no movies I hate more than them dumb zombie movies. Do you realize it is impossible to be dead and alive in this realm at the same time? Whoever thought of that idea Something's wrong. They're one, one Pop-Tart shy of a box, right? There's just nothing normal about that. I can't stand the idea of it. But is it possible to think you're alive and be dead? So in Revelations chapter 3, I'm going to ask if you would stand out of respect for his inerrant, infallible word serving as a final authority on all matters of faith and practice. And so he says... Write to the angel of the church in Sardis, thus says the one. Remember, that goes back to the prelude, who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. He says, I know your works, but you have, that you have a reputation for being, what's it say? Alive. And at this point, we would all be thinking that this is going our way. This letter sounded good for us. That you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Be alert, it says, and strengthen what remains which is about to die. For I have not found your works complete before my God. Remember then what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you're not alert, I will come like a thief. And you will have no idea at what hour I will come upon you. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not defiled their clothes. And they will walk with me in white because they are worthy. In the same way, the one who conquers will be dressed in white clothes. And I will never erase his name from the book of life. But will acknowledge his name before my Father and before his angels. Let anyone who has ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Let us pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the occasion that we have. And Lord, the decision each of yours made to make it a point to be faithful in attendance. But I pray that attendance was not our goal. The presence of the Holy Spirit and the power to respond to conviction was the passion and desire of our hearts. Lord, we all have a reputation, but those eyes that see, those feet that do not move, you know the truth. May the truth be revealed and may we respond in whatever capacity you called us to. And it is in the name of the Lion of Judah and the Lamb of God our champion, our rider, 
Jesus Christ. Amen. You be seated, friend. This morning, we're just going to go through this. If we get through it, great. If we get to the points, great. I'm really not worried about anyone ever being able to write three or four things down. My heart is you understand the flow, the context, and the beauty of how Scripture was written down for you. If I come up with points, whose words are those? If you get what this says, whose words are those? Okay. Let's go back and go through it. You wake, say amen. You hungry, say ameniter. All right. It says, write to the angel in church in Sardis. So this church is, is like any church. They're just going about their business, trying to do their thing, trying to reach their community, right? Trying to love each other, trying to take care of needs. <clears throat> and they get a letter. And this letter is from the one who has the seven spirits. And you can imagine how anxious they would be in receiving and opening the letter, anticipating what the king of kings would say to them directly. Now, we need to put in context that the king of kings and the Lord, Lord of lords sent this to you. Directly is the right answer. Okay? He gave this to the prophets of old to document for you. So this is not just a generalized idea of God's intention and desire for you. This is a detailed revelation, one. Revelation is singular, of one person, Jesus Christ. What it means to be saved what it means to live like a Christian, what it means to be faithful, regardless of what your definition is. So each time these churches got out of line, he referred them back to his truth saying, I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know at what point you decided that you could change my mind about what sin is. But these bronze feet... They don't move. And so y'all keep going in this direction. And when you go in a direction, as my children that I told you not to, I'm going to deal with it. Right? Hey, if y'all came in here in the bathroom, that's good. So if y'all came in, and when Aiden comes back in, go ahead, bud, you ain't doing nothing wrong. If he comes back in and he did cartwheels down the middle of the aisle, right? Hopped a few pews, flipped a couple of you in the ear on the way down, would y'all say that kid is living right? Would y'all say that I was being a good father? No. You do cartwheels down the middle of God's created world for everyone to notice. Do you not think the Father's going to get a hold of you? All right? So we're pretending like He doesn't have eyes of fire and laser. We're pretending as if He does not have feet of bronze. We're pretending as if we do not have the revelation of His truth. Do you understand there is no argument from ignorance? You have what you need to live for the Lord. Do you understand that? Say amen. amen. All right, so here we go. Now, this is, this is heavy. 
The one who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, he says to the church in Sardis, I know your works. Now, this has been said about a couple of churches. And so when he says, I know your works, we automatically think that this is going to be a compliment because we associate work with productivity. But right, busyness, and this is the first point, busyness isn't beautiful, faithfulness is. And so we've learned through, through seasons, churches close every day that are super busy. So what is the distinguishing mark between a life that is busy and fruitless and dying or a church that is busy, fruitful, and alive? God's favor for your faithfulness. Friend, do you realize you can be super busy in your marriage and be completely unfaithful to your spouse? Do you realize you can cook, clean, tend to, and be unfaithful to your spouse? Say amen. You can do that. All right, let's keep going. He says, hey, I also want you to know that no, right? That's that old, old Hebrew word now in the Greek, agnosko, which means I know you intimately. My eyes of fire, the lasers, have watched you from the day I created you to the day you had a salvific experience with me and I adopted you by purchasing with your, you with my blood. My eyes have been on you. They've never been off of you. I have the ability as a sovereign God to reign over the expanse of the universe. Still keep my eye on you. You know parents can do that too. We can be anywhere and my peripheral can catch anything those kids do. God doesn't need peripheral, friend, but we think, we think in some way we're going to get, listen, an action or an attitude by him. Let's keep going. This is where it gets really good. He says, you have a reputation for being alive. And you know all of them reading the letter were like, yes! That sounds like a good thing. But you are dead. You have a reputation. You pretend. Do you know why we work so hard so often? It's for a reputation, right? Haven't you heard... I mean, Jeanette drops the kids off. She tells them all the time, remember who you are and whose you are. Now, a lot of that has the reputation to do with our family. Grandpa used to always tell me, remember what your last name is. Now, that's a reputation, and so there's an importance to having a reputation here. But what he's saying is you've paid so much attention to your reputation here that I just need to go ahead and tell you you're calloused and indifferent or you're dead spiritually. Now, he knows exactly what he means for each of you, but that's the two, con- that's the two applications from the context. Either because you have a reputation. You, you've been busy. You've worked hard so that people think a way about you, right? 
You don't have to raise your hands, but how many people might have had a disagreement with their spouse this morning? Don't raise your hand. Right? How many of you, don't raise your hand, guys, think she took too long to get ready? Now, ladies, how many of you caught him not brushing his teeth? Right? How many of you thought he didn't look right or did his clothes didn't match? My socks are too small if you see them. Right? We, we, we work hard for that reputation and especially as a family, when we get out of our car or our kids go somewhere, we go over the rules so no one has a chance to maybe see that our family is not completely perfect or even together. Right, you know that one saying, I like to think I have my monkeys together, but I actually think they're ducks. You know, we, we want this reputation, and so he's saying, I know your works, and you have a reputation, you have a reputation, and that reputation takes a lot of effort to keep up. Right, you're trying to live by a name rather than follow the name. So I want to look like a Christian. I want everyone to think I'm a Christian. I want everyone to think I love the Lord. But His words do not govern and dictate my thoughts, opinions, words, actions, and responses, nor my investments. So Eric, this is to a church. A church is made up of people. Eric, here's your problem. You have a reputation for being alive, but I know who you are in your heart because I've watched you. And I'm the only one that can say this. You've got a reputation that you're alive, but you are dead. How many marriages have a reputation for being alive, but are dead. You see how heavy this starts getting? Because God knows we hide everything we possibly hide. Let's go back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve's walking in the Garden of Eden, right? Naked! Did they hide anything from the Lord? There was nothing to hide. You see, there's no guilt in nakedness and transparency before the Lord or your spouse. But then sin came into the picture. Now let's, let's, let's just process the idiocy of what they did. I just said, God has seen me. We don't know how many nights God came down and dwelt with them. We don't know. God has seen us like this before. And when God came down in the Garden of Eden to spend time with them, He knew exactly where they were. They didn't spend all night playing hide-and-go-seek, did they? He went right to them. But once sin entered, Adam and Eve looked at each other and they're like, oh, everything was fine. It's about time for the Lord to come. 
catch this, it's about time for the Lord to come, so we better hide. Because now all of a sudden, we're pretending to be sinless. Where before we were. So we know how dumb God comes out and He's like, hey, hey, where? Adam, Adam, Eve. Why are you hiding? Did, did you think the eyes of fire and laser didn't know? Do you think the man who feeds a sparrow and spins the earth on its axis did not know what you did when you did it and why you're trying to hide from me? Do you really think I don't know? But why don't you tell me what you're doing? Well, Lord, um, we ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and so we're, we're naked and we're ashamed. And, and so we tried to hide our sin to protect our relationship and our reputation with you. Do you know you don't even have to do that? He made you. Now I'll tell you every once in a while, I get out of the mirror and I'm thinking, I could go without a little peanut butter. All right? Um, That's one of my thoughts. Twinkie, spaghetti. I got a lot of food. But I don't have to hide anything from Him. He loves me just the way I am. And so he says, church, you're spending so much time, so much time trying to fool me. You got a reputation now. It wasn't with the Lord. See, you can't have a reputation with the Lord. He just knows the truth. So, church, what are you doing? I'm trying to love you. But what I'm watching is one of the weakest illustrations of your understanding of my love that has been shown since the Garden of Eden. You don't have to pretend. I know because he just says, "I know your works. I know them. Let's keep going." But you have a reputation for being alive. You pretend to be alive. But you're dead. So either you were told how to act. And you've been trying to do everything you're supposed to do. So that you can go to heaven or be saved or however you want to term that. Or there was a time that you were saved. And then the church misled you. The church told you, you you got to hide your sins. And let's, let's see what the Lord says. He says, you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. And then he says, be alert. Wake up. You know what be alert means? Stand on guard at all times. Know your threat. Know where your threat lives. Prepare yourself for battle. Prepare your defense. And never sleep until everyone is safe. 
So I don't have to pretend. I'm not saying run around and shout your sins to the rooftops, friend, but this this fake stuff we've got going is not going to change the world and will not win God's favor for the church. He says you got a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. So be alert and strengthen what remains. Go back and remember how you felt when I saved you. You didn't save yourself, did you? So you remember you were drowning in and I reached down. Yeah. Right, we know all these things. So remember, strengthen what you know, not this baloney you've chosen to believe. What is it to fool someone? You know what I don't like about Halloween? It's fun, I get candy. Or my kids do. And there's a tithe that comes to the Father. <laughs> it usually happens at night. <laughs> you know, talking about that being alert. We have, you know, one of them alarm systems so our kids can't run away. And um, not that they would want to or anything. But I was thinking, I need one in the refrigerator. You know, if, if that same alarm went off after like, you know, seven on the fridge. Anyway, uh, guys, I think of things all the time. It's, it's no good to you. It says, be alert and strengthen what remains. So, so there's still something there. You've been worried about your reputation. You've forgotten the truth. So let's abandon this fake, lying, deceitful, empty, shallow life that is going to wear your rear end out because it's not sustainable. You realize you can't lie forever. Eventually, you lie is going to get on lies and you're going to get busted. And he's saying... I just busted you. So remember. Remember what remains. Listen to this. Which is about to die. Now what do we do with that? You can't, if you can't lose your salvation, what's the risk here? Your children and your grandchildren. So friend... I feel like most of us, I've, I've heard a lot of your testimonies, right? But if our passion doesn't align with our faith, then we're after, we're after just a, right, just nothing more than a reputation. And if all a kid sees is an empty reputation with inconsistency and just lies, go back and strengthen. Because there's something else about to die. Let's keep going. Our time is nearing its end. And it says, I found you ain't done. Church, we're faking our way through life. We're faking our way through marriage. We're faking our way through parenting. And God says, when did you think you could quit? When did you, when did I say, oh, you be saved, you, you, you accept Christ, and you go to the, you get to this point, and then you can fake it. 
Then you don't worry about it, you just fake it. Did he ever say that? No. You know what? The most amazing thing I've found in counseling is people know exactly when they're faking it. They know when their relationship with the Lord is not right. They know when their marriage is not right. They know when they've hurt their children. But do you know how few walk out that door and ever go and apologize or repent from what they've done? So here we are. He said, you ain't done. So what do we do? Well, he says, remember then what you've received. What you've heard. Keep it and repent. You want to fix your fake? Know He loves you. Except He loves everything about you. And you remember, you remember back when you was dating, and you remember thinking, man, if I tell her this, or if I tell him this, then there's a chance they won't want me, won't love me, won't like me. And then we, we all had hard conversations at some point. And you know when you told them, and then they just said, I love you no matter what? Do you remember that feeling? held you by the hand, and you knew you would be loved forever. God gave you so much more of an illustration than that than any human being, any other human being ever could. Now let me ask you this: two questions and we're going to close. You promised... When you got married, and if, if you loved your spouse, I pray, Lord, comfort and peace. And then not that time passes by, but the Lord grants you the desires of your heart. But you ain't done either. He just told you that. So you promised your life to someone. And I'm going to ask you, do you have a reputation of being married? Or are you dead? You gave your life to Christ. Do you have a reputation for being a Christian? Or are you dead? He didn't say, really, there was a few that had not soiled their garments. You know what that means, right? Lord, as we come to a time of close, you called us to live free, to be loved. Lord, in this world teaches us we have to pretend. The, the trauma and the pain of life teaches us that there's so little that's real.
But one thing that is very real, and that's evil and hurt and loneliness. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that you would set us free from the bitterness and anger and those defensive layers that we set up even against you because you let us get hurt. There's a lot of pretending so that we look a certain way. And Lord, it's just not the truth. We're dead in some way. Our feelings are dead, our passion's dead, our hope is dead. Or Lord, our spirit is dead. So I pray this morning, Lord, just as you resurrected Jesus Christ, that we would live in that same resurrection. That, Lord, we would look at our families, we'd look at our spouses, whether they're alive with us today or in your presence with a, a passion and love. And, Lord, we look at you, the lover of our soul, And we would return such a passion. God, wake us up from the dead. And it is in that name of the Redeemer. The one who brings life, hope, restoration, reconciliation. That name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you if you would stand, friend. We're just going to go through a brief time of invitation. Um, I would love to pray with you, for you, but friend, I'm, I'm not your priest. Jesus is. So if there's anything in your life that you would say, I'm faking, I'm struggling with, I'm hurt about, it's holding me back, hindering me, You ask the Lord to take that from you. But the most important question I could ask you, have you given your life to Jesus Christ or not? Are you alive or are you dead? Scripture says there's only one name under heaven among men by which we must be saved. And that's that name of Jesus. Friend, if you've never called upon his name to save you, I'm going to beg you, I'll do everything I can but sin for you to pray this prayer. You pray silently right where you're at. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm dead. I've sinned and I've fallen short of your glory. I ask you to forgive me, to love me just as I am. I believe in the old rugged cross. I believe that there's power in the blood. And Lord, with you, we'll stand on the banks of the Jordan for an eternity.
preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.